Radio TFS, episode number 44. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Paul Hacker. So last week, we were offline, and that's because uh, TechEd North America 2012 was going on, and um, Martin and Mickey were there. Which, by the way, if you uh, were not able to attend, all the sessions are available online on Channel 9. If you go to uh, tinyurl.com, T-E-N-A 2012, you'll be able to get all four day sessions from all four days, the slides, um, uh, view them all on demand. So it, it's all there. And what we thought to do to, in today's shows, we're going to uh, put um, Martin on the hot seat and get his impressions. You know, he... Uh, did a number of present uh, presentations, number of sessions. He did some booth time. So the first part of the show, we're going to grill him and see how it all went. So how'd it go, Martin? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, it was a really, really good show. Um, coming, you know, coming from the position I'm in where we've been working on TFS 2012. There you go. I want to say Dev 11. Yeah, <laughs> we've been working on TFS 2012 for you know a good long while now. Um, and so it was really cool just to just to get the excitement from everybody about what's you know what's actually made it into the final product because we're kind of in the stage where you know we're still kind of grieving the features that didn't make it <laughs> and, uh, and 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 that sort of thing but actually when you look sit back and look back at all the stuff we have done man things have come a long way since uh, since TFS 2020 I had to use um so our uh, internally our uh, TFS server that hosts all of DevDiv. So we, we have a few TFS servers internally. I, I run on the cloud. I run on TFS Preview for my team. And then TF, the, all of the Visual Studio team, the wider team, they run on um, a server called Pioneer, which is you know which runs you know, the very latest build after every sprint, just like TFS Preview does. And then we the main division, all 3,500 of them, they all run on a, um, a, a server called TF DevDiv, which is um, was running like a, a 2010 service pack one build until quite recently, and we recently upgraded that to um, uh, to the RC build, the public RC build of TFS. And man, the, the difference is unbelievable for people who have been noticing. You know, just just like web access alone is worth is worth the cost of upgrade. You know, the new web access is just. I had to go and use the old web access. I was like, Ugh, what's all this green? <laughs> what's all this? It takes hours to load. It feels like, and uh, wow, my keyboard shortcuts don't work. You know, what's going on? So um, yeah, actually, you should being able to show people this again, and for a lot of people, it was all new. So you know, they were like, wow, that's amazing, and the excitement was really good. Um, and it was also interesting the level. So I've been doing TechEds uh, for a long time now, and I've only ever been to TechEds to talk about TFS, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've been, but I've been doing that for well over half a decade now. And um, when I first started going to TechEds, and up until quite recently, at the at the booth, the questions were very much, um, you know, so what's TFS? So right. show me about. Tell me about source control. Tell me about work item tracking. Tell me about builds. You know, that's that changed last. I would say last year that kind of changed to all the questions being about like, hey, I have a specific thing that's driving me nuts about TFS. Tell me how. Tell me what I'm doing wrong, kind of thing, or or tell me how to work around it. You know, and there's lots of lots of build questions, lots of work item customization questions, um, lots of SharePoint 
integration questions, that sort of thing. So that was last year. This year, everyone was all about, at the booth, everybody was all about upgrade. You know, what do I need to do to get ready for upgrade? What's upgrade going to look like? Um, how's, you know, what's the best way to do the upgrade? That sort of thing. So we should probably, I think it'd be worth us getting a guy called Ed Holloway in, who's, mm-hmm. um, he runs the admin and ops team and get him on the show and we'll just go through some of these scenarios. I mean, I can cover it all, but it'd be good to have Ed in and just, we can just hammer him with all those upgrade questions that everybody's got. So if people have got questions about upgrade, migration, what they can do to get ready to go, you know, to go live with uh, the RTM release whenever it comes out, then send them in to radiotfs at gmail.com and we'll put a show together that's all about um, admin and, you know, admin and installation, things like that. But it's quite simple, you you know, it's quite simple how to do it. So uh, that was good. Um, And then we also did some announcements. Uh, The big announcement for us on this show is... um, we we updated the TFS preview site. So if you go to tfspreview.com now, you notice it's got an actual shiny website rather than just some some video that was slapped together by Richard Hundhausen and a welcome screen that I did in Photoshop like at four in the morning when I was like, hey, we need a welcome screen. Let's let's stick one up. So um, yeah, so that, that it's got actually you know a site by proper designers and proper um, dot, you know the user education. Uh, people have actually got their hands in and actually done some real good content there now. The thing that I'm particularly thrilled about is you go to the homepage, tfhbv.com, and it to- it's talking about Eclipse and cross-platform stuff <laughs> from the get-go. You know, it, it's not it's not TFS, and you can do cross-platform. It's TFS is cross-platform, and here's how you do it from everywhere. So that, that was good. I'm happy we're going with that, you know, with a much more heterogeneous message there because right. we, we have great capabilities there. So it's about time we were really talking about them front and centre. Uh, and then the other big announcement, really, apart from, you know, shiny website, you know, big deal, is uh, we switched off invitation codes. So if anyone listening to this show hasn't already got a tfspreview.com account, then sorry about that. But you can go get one now. Just go to uh, tfspreview.com, click on the sign up, and you can, uh, as long as you have a live ID, you can get it, go in and get yourself an account on TFS Preview. And remember, that's running the very, very latest version of TFS. It's actually running a version that's newer than the version that shipped in the release candidate. So it's running a version in between release candidate and RTM. And... Um, yeah, it gets updated every three weeks, uh, and you get all your data gets upgraded for you. You just don't have to worry about it, and you can just play with the very latest bits all the time, and you can use it for go live as well. So, so yeah, that's probably about the a recap of the actual show. It was just really good to, as I say, get the energy off everybody, and you know, just to sit back and actually look at what a big release this is again. <laughs> You know, between the between the changes to Visual Studio and the changes to TFS, it's a pretty major release. So it's good. Yeah. yeah so uh, uh, Brian Harry uh, had a post, I think, about the TFS preview is public. So if everybody wants to uh, get a little bit more information about the new releases, you can get that at tinyurl.com. Public TFSP, as in Team Foundation Service Preview. Cool. Thanks very much. Yep, it was a it was a big it was a big day. It was a classic one as well, where we were in me and Greg Bohr were in the speaker room um, on like seven o'clock Monday morning. We were in the speaker room nice and early um, on a on a conference. We have these conference calls where we put stuff live, and everybody's on the call who needs to be on. 
And so um, we were both on a call listening in and, you know, people were putting stuff live and we had to get it all live, just like time it with Jason Zander's keynote and stuff. So it was one of those exciting mornings and it's always adds that additional, you know, freeze on of excitement when you're doing it all remotely. And so you're just hoping everything works. <laughs> so, But it did. It was quite smooth, actually. Performance Very has good. gone up quite a lot on the preview. From uh, I don't know if you if you found it, but from our statistics, the uh, this latest build we've done has been a good one in terms of performance. Good. So, what about you, Paul? Did you have any? You know, you and I were outside looking in. Did Did you have any overall like impressions about TechEd this year? No, not really. Not other than the fact that I missed it. I was actually supposed <laughs> to go, um, and, and at the last minute, I had to switch plans. But. Um, you know, the, the TFS preview, of course, really uh, was compelling to me because, again, uh, the fact that now there's a service available to everybody without the invitation code because I get emails a lot of times from people that say, you know, hey, you do TFS, um, do you have a code for me? You know, or I get them on LinkedIn or something like that. And so it's great that it's gone public now. That's one of the big things is that everybody has access to it now, which um, and, and the fact that it's running the latest bits, which I'm jealous about because I can't do that. So, uh uh, and, and that, that's, that's what I took away from that. You know, I haven't really listened to any of the side sessions yet. I just been swamped with work. So, um, I'm hoping this next week I'm off. I'm going to take a, take advantage and catch up on tech ed. So I, I, I got, sorry, I just wanted to ping Paul on this. And this is kind of, you know, we didn't talk about this in the pre-show or anything, but does the TFS preview, you know, concern you given, you know, your role in providing TFS services and, and hosting and stuff? Does the, the TFS preview concern you, Paul? Or is it, are you just, is, does it, is it like the rising tides that's going to raise all boats and, you know, making TFS more public, so it's going to make your business more public and, and we all win? Or do you want to hunt down I don't really yourself? worry about it too much to be honest with you um the reason i don't worry about it too much is because what we offer is a lot more um expansive in terms of the offering um we offer customized build servers we offer dedicated tfs servers you know for our tfs basic customers sure we probably will lose them uh or some of them to go to um tfs preview um because all they're looking for is a basic build server with nothing fancy on it in, in just source control. But then we have people that really want to take advantage of the TFS server. So we see our dedicated server really getting a lot of business right now. That's really where we're making our money is is the dedicated folks. We we do see a drop off in the basic, but again, I'm not overly concerned because I think it's it's a healthy competition and um the difference where I do get concerned is this is Microsoft's offering the latest and greatest on their side, but as a hoster we are not allowed <laughs> license-wise to be able to host the, 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 the non-RTM bits of 2012 yet. Mm-hmm. So we can't offer that. We can only offer TFS 2010 to our customers. Right. right. So that so sounds like, yeah. I, I did a Go session on, um, on TFS, you know, on host, the TFS is your hosted service, so tfspreview.com. Uh, Dev 340, if anyone's looking it up in the in the session codes, I did that session. And one of the things, it, it was a common question actually, Paul, is, you know, what, when is the Azure hosted service suitable for me and, and when is it not? Um, and the first question I always ask people, you know, in, in like a flow chart is, are you comfortable with hosting your code um, outside the firewall? is the first question because some people just aren't because they're just not comfortable with it and other people actually can't you know because legally they are in some sort of regulated industry that, that or profession that requires them to have the source code inside the firewall and work items inside the firewall so first of all can you host outside the firewall 
if the answer to that then that is yes, then you've got two options. One is uh, you know a hosting partner, and the other option is the the, the public cloud service. And then to decide which of those kind of thing is the most suitable, it's do you want to, you know, what what about identities and what do you want to do about um, customization? Because the TFS preview, you have to use live ID and you have to, you can't customize your work items. Whereas if they come to a guy, you know, a guy like you, uh, uh, SaaS Made Easy or, um, you know, one of the other hosting providers, then they can get, they can get, basically whatever tfs infrastructure they want and they they can get it with not just you know they can have it customized uh completely for them but they can also you know you guys i know you you guys sell consulting services alongside your tfs um hosting services so you know it's it's a much more rounded experience they can get from you and they can also do they have more choice with identities, whereas on our side, it's just live ID and no customization sort of thing. So I think that's kind of, you know, kind of the, I think there's always going to be an, a, a thriving business for um, for hosting providers like yourselves who can um, who can offer that extra level of service that we can't do in a, you know, in a one size meets or hosted public system, I hope anyway. Right, right. Yeah, the TFS preview is like a gateway drug to TFS. You know, you get in and you get started, but then you want more and I want more. And it's like, well, where do I get that? And that's where, you know, the, the host of providers like sasmadeeasy.com comes in to play. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And plus, right now, they haven't announced the pricing for the, the, the TFS you know, uh, team foundation service service. So, yeah. you know, that may change a lot too, if there's going to be a free tier or what the pricing is going to be like, and there is going to be some sort of subscription to it. Uh, Brian Harry's post makes that kind of clear. So, Definitely. you know, yeah, we're not, we're not, I mean, at the minute we're obviously it's paying its way because of all the really good feedback we're getting from it. Right. But um, at some point we're going to be starting to charge for the thing, and you know it's 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 going to be a, a self-sustaining business, and um, yeah, it's going to be you know it's going to be important. But I met so many so many people who um, really wanted a you know they were really keen on the hosted service just because they didn't want to have to install and look after their TFS and upgrade their TFS instance anymore. They just don't want that. They just want to. That's not their the the classic line i would get was that's not our core business looking after that stuff you know what i mean so the right. more i can offload looking after that stuff to people who are experts of uh, looking after that stuff the better and i can just go concentrate on um you know shipping code and solving my business's problems so yeah i think i think there's going to be a, a huge if not growing market for uh, third-party hosting providers like like SaaS made easy and then there's also gonna there's obviously always going to be a a big market that'll drive the crowds over at tfs preview Cool. So uh, you uh, did some sessions, Martin? Yeah, I did the um, so I did two sort of basic basic entry level sessions, level to two hundred sessions kind of thing. One of the things I'm always keen about, um, I mean, in this show and to be honest, in most of our tech head um, uh, sessions, we focus you know we focus very much on people who love TFS, who are already using TFS, and who know all about TFS. And that's exactly you know everyone who's who's listening to this show is a, you know, um, it's very interesting to us. Otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me and Greg and Paul, which are on, but, um, I did a couple of shows, which were very, a couple of shows, a couple of, um, breakout sessions, which were focused on the, the beginner. So the first one was all about TFS express, you know, our, um, our new SKU, our new free SKU. So it's a gateway into TFS again. 
um, and it's really easy to install. So I went through in, in the entire sort of 60, 65 minute session, went through, installed TFS, um, showed how to upgrade source safe databases into TFS. And there's some good news there, which I'll talk about in a sec. How to, um, how to do builds, how to do work items stuff and, you know, get end to end traceability all the way through from source control to work items to builds. I just did that in, in an hour session and it was a, it was a good run through of, you know, the basics and sort of highlighted what had changed since 2012. But for most, most of the people here, well over two thirds of the audience had never used TFS before. You know, they're not, they were either looking, coming from a different source control tool. I would say half the audience was coming from source safe or they were, um, they were, you know, they were they just hadn't they weren't using any source control or the, you know. So um yeah, it was great to just show them all the stuff you can do, all the stuff all the stuff that TFS is that's a lot more than just source control. And um just generally opened some eyes. It was great. It was it got lots of energy in that session. And um one of the things I was gonna mention, we haven't really showed it yet, but um if you take a look at my uh dev three four six session on uh, TFS Express um, and we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. You, you can in there. I give a, a preview of what the new source safe upgrade process is going to look like. Basically, um, it's shipping out the box, so it's shipping after you know, it's shipping around about RTM time frame, but it's not it's not in the box. So we're gonna we're gonna get it ready, you know, as we're as we're closing up um, the release now and uh, get it get it ready so it's around about the same time. And it's an actual wizard, would you believe? <laughs> no more. <laughs> No more editing of XML files and running command line scripts and all that rubbish. You actually, you know, press next, 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 and off you go. You don't need to have installed SourceSafe first before you run it. You can install oh, it without nice. having installed SourceSafe. You don't need to have set up your user mapping XML file anymore. Um, it'll, if it doesn't find a user mapping XML file, it'll actually just insert into TFS in history. We did a lot of work around display names for TFS 2012. So what that's allowed us to do now is in history, we can just insert the name of the user that they, that was the change set was for in source safe. So we don't, it doesn't need to be, you know, a valid user in TFS. We can just mm-hmm. insert it in as real history, which is cool. Um, and yeah, a bunch of other changes. So it actually is a lot simpler to work. Um, and so hopefully the source safe guys can have a much smoother time coming over to TFS, which is good. A source safe's, you know, about to tip out of support. Right. right. Uh, and then the TFS Azure session I did. Uh, so I, I, um, I went through again the whole creating an account, um, went through the whole getting source code in. And then I also showed, um, Scott Guthrie in the keynote. Um, I, I did the demo that Scott do daren't do. <laughs> so I, uh, I basically we announced um, at TechEd uh, some new capabilities around continuous deployment to Azure. So basically, you can check in, you know, your um, your ASP.NET website into TFS Preview, and then you can set up your new Windows Azure website, which was announced the previous week. Um, you can set that up and have it set up for TFS publishing. And basically what that does is it creates a build definition in TFS. So you, you, you attach your Azure account to your TFS preview account using OAuth, right. but you attach them. And then when you do that, it creates a build definition for you in TFS. Um, you point that, that, that at the solution file you want to build, and it'll, it'll deploy that website out to Azure automatically. Wow. You can you can take your you can basically have continuous deployment. So as soon as you check in, it'll do a build. If the build passes its unit test, it'll deploy it to Azure, and off it goes, and it and it's up and running and running in Azure. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's nice. 
So, and that's if you think about that, that's source control in the cloud, workup tracking in the cloud, <laughs> writing code in the cloud, deploying <laughs> it to the cloud. You know, what do I need my machine for? At that point? Yeah. <laughs> and I can do all that from my MacBook sat in a conference room in the middle of um, Florida. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. I was, I was pretty pleased with that. And then there were other, there were other couple of sessions, um, particularly that I would recommend for listeners to this podcast. These are the real, you know, hardcore deep dive sessions, if, you know, with, if you've got a propeller on your hat and everything. Um, Dev346, and we'll link all these in the show notes, but these are the ones to know. Oh, sorry, Dev344. Um, it, it, which was developer collaboration with something or other. Basically, it's how TFS source control is really. We've taken out all of the thing, all of the friction from TFS source control in Dev 11. I'm really, really, really pleased with this release in terms of uh, all the things we've addressed. You know, we've got a decent diff tool now. We've got rid of the read-only bit. We've got code review in there. A, a complete end-to-end run-through from Jamie, uh, Jamie Cool, and he does. He does always does great sessions, and this one's a really good one uh where he goes through and shows you all the things basically we fixed and all the improvements we've made in tfs but uh, to make developers happy you know who cares about managers and so on let's make us happy (laughs) dev 344 is one to go to and one to point your friends to um another good one is uh dev 217 that's a Greg Bohr, um, who looks after the Agile tools. He did a deep dive into the Agile tools, but not deep diving using them, which everybody's probably seen and you get the hang of by playing with them in TFS Preview, but a deep dive in actually how to customize them so that they meet your process template. So that mm. there's so much functionality in there that you probably weren't aware was was configurable. You know what we're like in TFS. We never build, okay. we never just build something. We build it and have all the knobs under the, under the hood so you can tweak it. So that's a really good one that shows you all the little knobs and dials you can twiddle and you can do all sorts of things like, you know, change, change what you estimate in and change how, which columns are displayed. And it, it's just really good. Dev 217. There was a bunch of stuff in there which even I didn't know you could do. So that's worth looking at. And then finally, I, I spoke a bit about the continuous deployment in my Azure session, which was um, uh, Dev 340. But if you look at Dev 362, uh, Jamie Cool and Chris Patterson did a whole talk on continuous deployment, and again, it was a very, very, very you know level four hundred session, talking about a bunch of new Azure stuff, a bunch of new unit testing stuff, all deploying it out to the cloud, and you know it's, it's a really, really it's a treat of a session. And bearing in mind that Azure actually had um, uh, a temporary outage during the session. <laughs> and he still managed to complete it. it was like it was only for a few seconds and it was it was the test server that he was against you know but it uh, still it was still made for a fun session so if you go along to dev 362 that's worth looking at but yeah that's it that's it for me on the on the tech ed recap great great yeah there was a couple sessions not really am alm related but uh a couple that i wanted uh, to, to call out you know I, I do the connect gallery on, on coding for fun so seeing the coding for fun build fun cool commercial applications with connect for windows sdk but I, I had to call that out and that's dev uh, 330 um dan and rick from the channel 9 team presented that it's always good to see more connect stuff out and then in, you know in my day life i work in the legal industry uh doing electronic uh, electronically stored information stuff so the the malware hunting with sys tools by mark racinovich mm-hmm. uh, did i pronounce his name right yep it's a very good <sighs> Woo-hoo! um you know he's just a great 
speaker. I love watching him talk. Yeah, I think I caught him uh, um, on the live uh, Channel Nine. Uh, you know, and of course he's written his book. Uh, but you know he's the 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 brains, one of the brains behind Sys Internals, and, and he talks about hunting down the malware with the Sys Internal tools, which are all free. So, yeah, that um, was S I A three O two. That's code. Oh yes, thanks, thanks. So, and that's that highlights one of the things that's really good about TechEd is that you. You can go along to sessions about stuff you want to keep in touch with, you know, like ALM. But I always like to throw in a few sessions like this one. I actually went along to um, Rusonovich's, you know, malware hunting session, which was rammed. It was absolutely packed. Um, but, yeah, that was a really good set because, you know, it's stuff which is interesting, but it's slightly outside of things that you would normally look at. But it, that's the whole point of going to TechEd. You, you set yourself out for a week and you're just going to go learn some interesting and cool stuff and you wouldn't get a chance to go look at this stuff otherwise. And when you, the actual session, though it's, you know, malware hunting, it teaches you more about how to use, you know, Process Explorer and some of the other sysinternals tools which is actually really useful knowledge and when you're debugging problems with just when programs start going funny or when Windows starts going funny, regardless of if it's malware or not. So it's a great right. session. Right. And another tip for um, everybody, you know, there's, uh, what, 700 sessions. There's a huge number of sessions. As, as you're going to the Channel 9 site and you're picking these things and you don't necessarily want to sit through them all, you guys, you got to make sure you use the, the Add to Queue button. It's right below the video. It's plus Q. You. And, and what you can do is basically as you see a session, add it to the queue. Go to the next session, add it to the queue, add it to the queue. And then you go to your profile. And on your profile, there's a uh, tab where you can – it's my queue tab. And you can see everything that you've added to the queue. It's prioritized as well as your progress in viewing all of those. So you can actually see you've added a whole bunch of these tech ed sessions to your queue. But which ones have you actually looked through already? Um, that's tracked on your my queue. And there's even – you can subscribe to the RSS feed. So you can hook this up into your feed catcher of choice to download all those videos so you can view them on your device of choice so yeah that's what i do i actually i use the add to queue to add it to my queue and then i have that rss feed hooked up into itunes for me and um, it just downloads them all automatically it's brilliant yeah that's cool so it's that time of the show where we do our sponsor shout out i I get to do it again here we go we we mentioned sas made easy here we go sorry i I interrupted you but we we, messed me up Sorry, Greg. I'll be quiet. Oh, no problem. Okay, here we go. Uh, episode 44 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmade.com. E-A-S-Y.com or via email at sales at sasmadeeasy.com. And now back to the show. Martin, you, you yeah. had something like really geek cool that you wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So I um have you heard of a thing called the Raspberry Pi? It's basically yeah. a it's a it's a credit card sized little board and, and it's based on ARM. It's done by a British company, a British actually uh, charity foundation um and it's a 25 dollar i've got it here i'm just looking at it now a tiny little arm device um but it's a full computer you plug it into ethernet and hdmi 
and it's a full computer. And I've played with embedded Linux before, and I, um, and it's normally really slow and really pokey and not very good. This is amazing. So I, so I fired it up. If you go to tinyurl.com slash tfspi, tfspi, um, then you can uh, see what I did. You know, and I booted it up, and I'm sat there, and I'm like, well, that was too easy, because normally just getting it running is hard work. <laughs> What should he? Uh, I know. Let's get TFS running on it. So um, I, I, we have a bunch of um, native code. Well, a little bit of native code um, in in the, in the command line client that does some clever stuff like single sign-on or just stuff you can't do in Java. So the first thing I had to do was compile the native code over um, to to get that to work on the on on Linux on ARM. And then I um, once I'd compiled that, I actually check those Linux on ARM binaries into the main TEE um, build. So if you, uh, when we RTM, if I get away with it, I'm not sure if I'm going to get there. <laughs> but if nobody notices, then um, we should actually ship this this version. It's not going to be supported or anything, but uh, we'll ship it with support for the Raspberry Pi, which would be really cool. So, um, uh, yeah, it'll run out of the box. And basically, you just install the, CL, the, com- the command line client, the cross-platform command line client, onto your Raspberry Pi and um, and off you go and you can just use it like you would do any other um, you know and on any other platform it just works and now we've got things like local workspaces so we've got rid of the read only bit and we've got ex- transparent execute bit support um, in TFS nowadays it's just a great experience you just fire up Vim hack away check TF status TF check in and you're done and yeah, it's just really, really good. So I found that amazing. So now I'm trying to figure out what to do with this little credit card size thing. So any suggestions, <laughs> let us know at radiotfs at gmail.com. How about you, Paul? What, what, what was interesting to you this week? Well, the one thing that I found was um, the continuous delivery paper put out by P- Patterns and Practices, and it's a continuous delivery with Visual Studio 2012. Uh, I'm, I'm partially reading it right now. I'm in the middle of reading something else, so I didn't want to jump back and forth, but uh, it's a pretty interesting paper. What's really nice is um, that you can use a tool called Package This, T-H-I-S, and it's available on CodePlex, I believe, or maybe the MSDN Gallery. I know it's out there. And what it does is it lets you take MSDN content like this PMP paper and um, the, from the MSDN library and lets you turn it into a chum file, a CHM file on your local machine so you can store it off so you don't have to be connected to read the MSDN stuff. Um, and you can put it onto a device like an Android or an iPad. Um, I think iPad can read chums. I know there's a device, um, a, an application for the Android that lets you read chums and um, basically take it with you. And you can read uh, any type of MSDN contact, content. Um, but I found that that um, being pretty interesting paper just because it's there's a sh- paradigm shift in the way things are happening with TF- the VS2012 in terms of continuous delivery. And I thought that it would be kind of a, a neat thing for our viewers to hear about. So, again, um, you can reach that at uh, tinyurl.com delivery2012. Cool. Cool. So one of the uh, things that I found this week, that, which I just I, – I, I love this. I, I don't know how often I use them, but I, I still think they're like – some of the coolest things is the, the diagramming support that got added in uh, 2010 and is being extended in 2012 or, or being, you know, continuing on in 2012. And that's the, you know, the DGML where you are able to diagram just about anything. And, and I find it amazing how people extend that. One example is the Architecture Explorer work item extension. Okay. It sounds the title is does not do justice to what this thing does. And you can find this at tinyurl.com, a explore, E X P L O R E. And this gives you a diagram 
of all of your work items you know, from the, the initial user story uh, to the bugs to the associated bugs or the hierarchical bugs to the, the work items to, uh, to the code to the check-ins to the test cases. And it diagrams this all out so you can see it visually. You know, with um, 2010 and we got the hierarchical work items and everything, you can start building some seriously deep stuff. And then you start adding the check-ins and the test cases and everything else associated with those. And it's really, really hard to visualize. You know, I'm a kind of visual guy when it comes to these things. So this work item extension is free. It's on the Visual Studio Gallery. Um, right now, this version is for the 2012 RC. And you can, in one picture, you can see the hierarchy of all of these things. I just thought that was cool. So, Have you played with it, Greg? No, I actually haven't. Yeah, and that's you know, I was like, oh, I hope nobody asks that. But um, oh. <laughs> yeah, none of my, no, I, I don't have 2012 in, in a production system yet. Um, and you know, I do have a TFS preview set up and, and that stuff, but sure. nothing deep enough where it, uh, you know, I didn't have one box. It's like, oh, okay, darn it, you know. Now no, I got a question. It only shows the linking between them. So if things aren't linked, does it still show those that aren't linked? You know, I don't know. Okay. Let's get, okay. let's get I'm Jeff just, on I'm the just show. thinking through my head, kind of <laughs> like branch visualization where you can drag and drop. I was wondering if you could take things and associate them via the DH um, through, through that um, interface or if it's just a static image. Right. It, there, it's not a static image. I know it's linkable and stuff. But, yeah, let's get, let's get Jeff on the show and we'll get him to talk, talk us through it. Okay. Yeah, that would be cool. So um, I've been using, you know, using Visual Studio 2012 a lot because I, I, you know, have to. <laughs> and, uh, it's installed on my machine and um one of the things that was i i like the new pending changes experience but one of the things that was annoying me a little bit is just um like a quick access to the to the pending changes view and quick access to work item search and things like that previously i would have always had pending changes open on my screen but some you know it seems quite often i'm in say the build page and i want to go back to pending changes and so on and so forth so if you go to um tinyurl.com slash uh te2012 keys um book hodges did a blog post where he went through and, and detailed some of the the new shortcuts there are for team explorer so you can do things like you do control zero and then um it's p for pending changes um and uh, that'll take you to pending changes really quickly so yeah uh, c- control zero p is the one that i find the most useful to, to get back to pending changes quick so but if you want to learn more and who doesn't want to know shortcut keys uh, <laughs> then uh, go to tinyurl.com slash te2012 keys excellent so um, one of the things that I also ran across um, was uh, this gentleman, Mohammed Radwan, apparently is doing a blog post series on what's new in TFS 2012. And you can read this post at tinyurl.com slash TFS 2012 management. And the first two things he has posted on are introduction and the management tool that's available with TFS 2012. But some of the other things that he's going, he's got a list of the posts he's going to talk about. And some of the other ones kind of piqued my interest, especially things like the suspend and resume functionality that's coming. Um, code review. Um, let's see what else. The unit testing improvements because the storyboarding. So IntelliTrace in production. There's a lot of cool things this guy is going to be talking about in the coming months. So again, tinyurl.com slash TFS 2012 management. Keep an eye on that guy's blog post and uh, you'll see some really interesting articles, I think, coming out of him um, as the months go on. I, I found that pretty appealing. I'm going to keep my eyes on him and see what he has to say. 
Great. If you want, if you're interested in that stuff right now as well, then if you do have an hour to spare, take a look at that Dev three four four session from TechEd, the Jamie Cools developer collaboration one. That that covers all the code review and the suspend stuff quite well. So it'd be worth worth checking that out. I had an item from Mateus Skold, the TFS command line utility. Uh, what, what I enjoyed enjoyed about this post, what I liked about this post was that you know uh, he was working through a problem and. And uh, uh, trying to help um, a rangers, an ALM rangers project, you know, my favorite group. And, you know, they, they kind of realized, like, you know what? We have these new team features in, in TFS 2012, uh, but we don't have any command line utilities to do them. It's like, you know, there was no team, no stuff for basic features like uh, list teams, create teams, add users to a team, uh, that kind of stuff. So they basically sat back and said, well, okay, then we're going to write one. Mm-hmm. So th- they created a command line utility, TFS team. That does has features like list teams, get default team, set default team, create team, rename team members, add users, all, all that good kind of stuff. And, oh, and I love released... the ALM ranges. The ALM ranges are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. And not only did it release the XE, but he released the source too. Oh, those guys are great. Yeah, and anybody who releases source is brave enough to release their source on that. You know, everybody who writes code is always looking at that. And, and I don't know what developer looks at their code. And well, I know there's some, but it says, "Oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Nobody could ever write better code." I look at my code and I say, "Oh my god, I hope nobody ever looks at this." Um, wait, did I say that out loud? Oh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, so people that release the source, because we all stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, I, I don't know how we could develop without Google and seeing those source samples. So people that release their you know, code, you know, hands off to you, hands off, hats off to you, and, you know, let alone on a utility like this. So, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. This is why I love TFS, because not only is this, this stuff possible, you know, but not only is it such an ext- open, extensible platform, but you've also, um, you know, you can do this, but also we've got such a, a huge passionate community that, that do, you know, write these tools and then open source some things. I don't, I just, I love this. I love this gig. This is the best place. Ever. <laughs> hey guys, I'm afraid we're going to have to uh, wrap it up about now. We're, we're well over the, the usual half hour mark. So um, we've got lots of great stories and lots of great announcements that came out at TechEd. Um, we're going to have another show in another couple of weeks. Obviously um, we've got the 4th of July coming up. So we're going to, we're going to skip that one and, and do it the week after that. Actually, on July 12th, which is a holiday in Northern Ireland, but never mind. And um, yeah, but uh, thanks very much, everybody. Uh, anything anybody wants to cover before we wrap up, or should we should we call it a day? I think it's a show. I Great, it's a show. Well, fantastic. So again, thanks everybody for your time. And uh, if you've got any comments or feedback, please do come over to the site Radio TFS. Um, send us email feedback radio tfs at gmail dot com, and we've got the phone number if you want to leave a voicemail message and things like that. Otherwise, we'll uh, speak to you next time on Radio TFS. 